0: Yeah, morena atua. Um, yeah, thanks, like Tina said to us a few weeks back, eh, you really are the God who is with us. Eh? Um, we know it can feel on this planet at times that we are kind of lost, eh? especially with this the madness. It's just getting, man, crazier and crazier uh, all the time, God. Um, but we're so glad that you are not only with us, but, well, because you're with us, we have that security, that we can see the craziness going on around us and know that we are secure, that you have us, that you will not allow anything uh, to happen to us that ultimately is not going to be for our good, and your definition of that, not, not necessarily our definition of happy, happy joy, um, but that deep good, that deep joy you want to bring into us, God. Yeah. Um, I just pray you'll give us good ears to hear what you want to say to us this morning, God, The the story of Christmas, heaps of us have heard this, oh, so many times, and it's really easy to go, ah, yeah, 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 so I just pray you'll give me wisdom to hear from you, to be able to speak uh, clearly and carefully, uh, and give us, um, whether we're listening on podcasts, whether we're watching on video, just real wisdom, we want to hear from you God, Hey, we're not tuning into this, we're not coming here on a Sunday morning just to look cool everyone. Um, we want to hear from you, the creator of the universe, uh, the savior of our souls. So speak loudly. Oh, we are listening, God. Our ears are open to what you want to say. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Amen. Amen. All right. So Christmas at Agora, this is number six in our Christmas series as we're booging through. So we're down to this one here, as you can see, it's got a giant red light under it. And this is what I'm going to be talking about today, um, that he was born of a virgin, right? So this is one of those ones where everyone's heard this a zillion times. Yeah, Mary was a virgin, yada, yada, yada. But I'm hoping that about halfway through, I make my slides completely change. So at the beginning, they'll all be like brown and all that. And then all of a sudden, it's black. And it's going to be a whole like, no quandary. How is this possible? Oh, my gosh. And hopefully, your little brain and or your giant brain, whoever you are, will be like, oh, my gosh, Craig, you've caused a giant issue. How are you going to get yourself out of this hole? But I prepared earlier, so I will get us out of the hole. So... <laughs> That's kind of where we go, oh, we'll see. You can come up to me afterwards and be like, bro, you never got us out of the hole. What's happening? Um, and if we don't get out of the hole, our salvation is ruined. So it's kind of like life and death, heaven and hell stuff. So it's a bit of a serious one. So it all comes down to this. Thank you, Nick. Um, all right, so a couple of things. I just want to do a real fast recap. And um, this ties in with um, the last few sermons and, and bits and pieces that we've been doing. So um, one of the ones was uh, the prophecy from Isaiah, as this fits in with... Um, Jesus being born of a virgin. So I talked on this a few weeks back, Isaiah 714. Um, So this is 700 years before Jesus was born, remember? Um, All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us, right? So you guys know this, and I kind of pondered and thought, man, this is 700 years. This was a very famous prophecy. Although Mary wasn't allowed into the teaching of the temple, she wasn't allowed to memorize the Torah. She would have been illiterate. She would have been still involved in all the temple worship. She would have been involved in festivals. So she would have almost definitely known this prophecy. And some one of the things I see that I've always wondered is when she replies, and I wrote it down here, Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I'm a virgin. Is in her head she really saying, am I the virgin? Oh, my gosh. And then when you hear the rest of what the angel says, you know she's like, holy cow. I don't know if she'd say holy cow. But you know what I mean? It'll be like something in Hebrew. You know? um, oh, my gosh. This is it. The prophecy. 700 years. Ah, you know, it's kind of like... Pshh. It's so a kind of interesting thing to, to think about around this virgin birth. Um, and then the other one is always, like I was saying before, the 400 years of silence just always blows my mind how massive it would be now for Mary, this little girl, to be one of the first ones to hear from God after 400 years of silence. That's a long time of silence, right? Um, and I, I love this a little bit from Luke 2, 6 and 7. And while I was there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid them in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Um, I talked about this quite a bit last year, but this just always blows me away, so bad luck. I'm saying it again. As a recap, um, Jewish hospitality was off the charts, right? Off the charts. Like, you know you've got those friends that you turn up and they can't do anything but come on in and have a cup of tea and a coffee. It's like that times the infinite number. So, so extreme that if you were a traveller, you might go and stay at in, but you didn't need to. So if you are a traveller in the time of Mary and Jesus, you might have a donkey or six, you might have some camels, you might have servants, you might have a pile of um, family and friends or whatever. Uh, it didn't really matter. You could just turn up to the town square in any town and in the evening you would just sit and wait and someone would always come and say, oh my, come to my house. We have food for your donkeys. and Food? Hey, I don't know what donkeys eat. Um, we have food for you guys, beds, you know, the whole thing. The, the, the Jewish culture is just extremely hospitable. So you're with me, right? So now... You go, well, what happened to Mary and Joseph? <laughs> She's pregnant. <laughs> They're super poor, dirt poor. They turn up. Not only does no one take them in, there's no room at any of the inns. It's like this is completely ridiculous in their culture. This would just never happen. And so what most people, most people think is that there's been 400 years of silence, and now Mary's saying, I'm pregnant from God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit overshadowed me. And everyone's like, pfft. pants on fire. You've been sleeping with Joseph or someone else. What's going on? So pretty huge. Eh? I'm always amazed when Mary says, let it be to me, as you've said to the angel. And she understands what she's stepping into. I'm always just like, oh my gosh, Mary, your humility and your understanding of what God's asking you to do is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, so that's a little bit of a recap. I want to um, just read a bit of the story. So, the amazing Malachi read um, from Luke, and I just want to read this little bit from Matthew so we get a bit more of the whole idea about the virgin. So if you've got your Bible, go there, right? it's good to follow along. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Um, I counted these, if I remember rightly, three different times in the book of Luke and twice in Matthew that it literally says Mary as a virgin, so we're going to talk obviously quite a bit about that. And then there's another four or five times that it's very clearly implied that Mary's a virgin. They don't say the word virgin, right? So I'm just going to read this. This is Matthew 1, 18 to 25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. So don't forget, engaged in their culture, you're engaged for a year. And so you're engaged, you're never allowed to be alone. You always have to be with parents or family. Um, But your engagement lasted a whole year. And there are all sorts of celebrations and cool things happening and stuff, but... No doing the wild thing, right? So that was not on the cards at all. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is like, what on earth does that mean? It's like, what a crazy verse. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So remember, under Jewish law, he could have had her stoned, right? Her parents could have had her stoned because she's had sex outside marriage and become pregnant. But he's really good, so he just is like, wants to put her away because he's a legit guy, which is awesome. Okay, verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It's always interesting, right? So Mary has an angel appear, Joseph has an angel appear in a dream. It's kind of different, so why did God do that? I don't know. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, amazing title, the angel said. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. (laughs) I'm always like, imagine waking up from that dream. You'd be like, what is happening? This is just, ah. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And this is the verse we read in Isaiah before. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Hmm. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named it in Jesus. And I know I've said it 50 times, but I have to say it again. Oh, my gosh, this is one of my videos I want to watch in the new heavens, in the new earth if we can. Because imagine the relief for Mary when finally someone believes, right? Someone believes that she's been telling this, this story the whole time. Oh, my gosh, so exciting. Exciting? No. Everyone's staring at me like, Whatever. <laughs> We're all fired. All right, so this is what I want to talk about this morning. Why did Jesus need to be born as a human, right? Why did Jesus need to be born as a human? Why couldn't he just be God? Um, why couldn't he be a super powerful angel? Why couldn't God have just made him a, a human body in heaven? And then when he was 30, he just kind of appeared and died on the cross and all this stuff. So that's what we want to think about this morning. I want to um, introduce it with a terrible, terrible quote. Um, I know a lot of you take photos of the quotes I put up, so you're not allowed to take a photo of this one because it's shocking. <laughs> no, you can if you want. Um, so, this is um, Kevin De who is writing an article I was reading this week. And so, a lot of you will know Rob Bell. Who remembers Rob Bell, right? So, Rob Bell was awesome, but he went incredibly liberal and he kept saying stuff to deliberately make it mess with our heads. And so, this one he says has got it crazy. So, but we're thinking about why did Jesus need to be born as a human? So, this is Kevin DeYoung Jong um, quoting even if professing Christians accept the virgin birth, many would have a hard time articulating why the doctrine really matters, which is really true, right? Several years ago, Rob Bell infamously argued that it wouldn't be a big deal if we discovered Jesus had an earthly father named Larry. (laughs) What if the word for, this is what Rob Bell was proposing, what if the word for virgin referred to a child whose mother became pregnant the first time she had intercourse, which kind of makes sense. Bell suggested that none of this would be catastrophic to the Christian faith because Jesus would still be the best possible way to live. So Rob Bell was being a little controversial, but at the same time, he did get quite liberal. And so he's kind of arguing this whole thing of, would it really matter if Jesus did have an earthly father? Would it really matter if Joseph and Mary really did the wild thing and the whole virgin birth thing is not a big issue? What, why would that really matter? So just to be really clear, Jesus did not have a dad called Larry. all good. <laughs> um, like I said before, the Bible makes it very clear. just keeps saying virgin, virgin. Very, very clear to us, right? Right, I thought I'd kick off with some questions to get your brains like going, going hard. So I've got three questions, and you can choose one or two. You can do whatever you want, actually. Choose all three, but you won't have time. So here's a couple of questions. So this first one is from Eli last week. Um, what are some of the differences in Jesus between his pre-incarnate and his incarnate life? I'll explain that in a second. You might want to discuss number two, if you were God, which is a terrifying thought for all of us, because most of you are shady, and I do not want you as my God, but that's another story. What might you have done differently to do with Jesus' birth? So if you were God, how would you have done it differently? Still do the stable thing? Still do the animal manger thing? Have him in a palace and they're appearing on a chariot? Aren't last question you might want to discuss. Why did Jesus have to be both God and human? Surely being God would be enough. So what do you reckon? The first one um, from Eli's really cool talk. If you missed Eli's talk last week, it was really good. Uh, what are some of the differences in Jesus between his pre-incarnate and his incarnate life? This just means, what are some of the differences in Jesus' before the incarnation, before he became human. So while he's still spirit and uh, living with the Trinity and and, um, all that, how was he different there to when he became human, right? So, and Paul talks a lot about that in Colossians, but it's not story. So grab a thing and have a little chat. So if you're visiting with us, this is always the rule. If you stare at the screen, that means you and Jesus are talking, you don't want to be bugged, or if you just don't want to talk, that's all good. Just stare at the screen and no one will bug you. But if you're not staring at the screen, then people will now pounce on you and have a quick chat. So grab a friend, have a talk, and then we will party on. Cool. Any thoughts on any of the questions? Anyone have any ideas? It's all good? Too scary? Yeah, Benice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Hey? Yep. A, so you know, yeah. He yeah, knew go, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm actually going to talk about that. So Benison and Jenny are saying, um, by growing up human, he totally gets a lot of us. He gets what it's like to go through hardship and struggle. And I mean, he grows up. Dirt poor, like super poor. Um, Dad dies maybe when he's young. Once he starts ministry, he's just abused continually by the priest. All his friends desert him. He's, he dies on a cross. Imagine growing up knowing you're going to die on a cross. Like, ah, that's crazy. Anyone else have any thoughts? So good? Ah, we'll party on, eh? Cool. Okay. Um, okay, so I've talked about this heaps here, so I'm going to kind of do this not fast but kind of a bit light so if anything I say, well, if anything I ever say, apart from when I'm just being weird, um, you're like, well, can we talk more? Feel free, free to text me, give me a call, happy to do coffee, whatever, if you want to understand this a bit more or you disagree, I'm always happy to chat. Um, so I just want to talk about why Jesus needs to be human, why Jesus needs to be God. But like I said, I've done this a bunch, so I think most of you are, like, pretty good. So Jesus had to be fully human to be able to represent us before God. So it kind of makes sense, right? So Jesus couldn't be a super powerful angel, right? So some of the older ladies in the church are pretty angelic, right? So I'm kind of like the Wendy level Karen, I don't know about Cheryl, but you know, that J- Janice definitely, definitely not Bernice, you know, no. Joseph, obviously, Joe thinks my wife is obviously the most angelic one in the room, of course, right? Um, but we're, we're not angels, right? We're human. so Jesus couldn't be a super powerful angel or some other being that God created, he, he has to be human because we are humans to represent us, right? Pretty obvious, um, Jesus couldn't only be God because even though we're made in the image of God, remember Margot Day, even though we're made in the image of God, we are still human. So Jesus has to be fully human to represent us before God. And then, kind of like, and I'm going to talk about this a bit more um, in a minute, that it's kind of what Benice and Jenny were saying. He also has to be born as a human. He can't appear as a, a 29 year old. Luke says he was around 29 when he starts his ministry. He can't just appear as a 29-year-old, because then we'd all be like, is he really human? That would be one of the big questions, right? You'd be like, even if God said, no, I created him as a full human God in heaven, and he descended, we'd all be like, really? I mean, the virgin birth is hard enough to get, but that takes it to another level. And then, sorry, like those ladies were saying, there's this whole, does God really get us? I don't think so, because he just appeared when he's 30. It's like, what is that? He doesn't know what it's like growing up, and going to school, and getting beaten up by stinky bullies, and Getting trapped under the giant tire in your school where you horrible friends, and then they go back to class and you're trapped. What is up with that? Oh, I need counseling, no, i Okay, so he, he just wouldn't get us, right? That's one of the big um, kind of parts of this. And like um, the author of Hebrews says, right? He understands our weaknesses. He gets our struggles. He gets our trials. And this is a weird thing to say. So God knows all things. So God always has understood it academically, but not experientially. Does that make sense? There's a difference between God knowing all things and knowing it, and then this is a funky line, but then Jesus experiences it. And so when, we, when we're going through a hard time, we, we know Jesus really, really gets it, not just in an academic kind of way. So I, I just love that, that Jesus came. He's fully human. He's born. He grows up grows up rough. grows up hard. Um, occupied country. Oh, horrible stuff. Okay, so that's the, the human side. That's all to do with representing us before God, right? Um, and Jesus had to be fully God, to pay for the sins of the world—it's kind of obvious, right? Um, Jesus had to be God so that he could cover everyone's sins, right? Um, Josephine is almost perfect in every way. Pretty—we've been married thirty-two, three, something years now. I think I've seen her do one sin in that entire time. <laughs> expecting an amazing Christmas present now for saying that. No, <laughs> um, but theoretically, if Josephine lived a perfect life, theoretically she could die in the place of one person. Correct. Makes sense, eh? Hey? She could substitute herself for God. Um, but two things. One, Joseph has sinned, which I know is unbelievable. So all of us have, so she can't. And then two, if she did live a perfect life and die in someone else's place, then she would be separated from God forever. Because she can't pay for that sin because the wages of sin is death. So one of the reasons that Jesus had to be God is so he's human. We've talked about that to represent us. But one of the reasons he has to be God is so that he can pay for, finish it. Remember he says on the cross, it's finished. I've done it i have covered your sins. Your sins are, are removed, are gone, are paid for, right? So I think that's pretty clear. Um, so this is where we get to the problem thing. Um, the big problem is by being born a human, it means you're born a sinner, okay? And so here's a couple of verses. If you're like, oh, does anyone like see where I'm going? Oh, now the slide's change. Whoa, what is happening? Great slide, by the way. Psalm 51 5. This is David speaking. For I was born a sinner, yes. From the moment my mother conceived me. So he's actually going back. He's saying, it's not just when I was born I became a sinner. It's the moment I was conceived in the womb. I'm a, I'm a sinner. And so the problem we have now is like, well, hang on, bro. <laughs> you just said if someone's got sin, they can't die for anyone because they've got to die for their own sin. But Jesus was born a human. So didn't Jesus be born a sinner? That's where I'm going. And this next verse is real grunty. Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So I'll read this again, right? When Adam sinned, so Adam, the first guy, when he sinned, sin entered the world. And we're all like, yep, we get it. Thanks a lot, Adam. If we'd been there, we would have never eaten the fruit. Am I right? Yeah, liars. We would have all been like fighting for the fruit. We're idiots, right? When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, (laughs) To every human, right, for everyone's sin. So this is a little bit of a technical thing, but what um, what um, Paul is talking about when he's talking about this is there's two aspects to sin, right? On one hand, there's a sin nature. We are born as sinners before we even do anything, because when Adam sinned, it's like he infected the whole human race, and so everyone who's born before they even do anything wrong, they are considered a sinner in the sight of God, because they're from Adam. you with me, eh? And it's called a sin nature, right? And it feels really unfair, but that's not what we're judged on at the end of our lives. What we're judged on at the end of our lives is the fact that we do sin. And so there's, there's two parts of it. There's we're born with a sin nature, that's what he's talking about here, but we're also born morally corrupt. We just have a propensity to sin. I mean, none of you who've got kids had to sit down with your kids when they were like three and be like, okay, you've been perfect for these three years. You're phenomenal. Here's a couple of lessons in how to sin. Here's how you poke your sister. Here's how you, you know, it's like we're just born, we're born sinners. So this is this problem, right? So hang on, hang on, hang on. If this comes down from Adam and everyone who's born after Adam is born with a sin nature and just a natural propensity to sin, they're morally corrupt, then how does Jesus get around this? So last time I checked, Mary was a human. Am I right? (laughs) So therefore, Jesus being born of Mary, he's going to be born with a sin nature, and he's going to be born as a sinner. You're with me, eh? You can see the quandary. It's kind of like, ah, so this is me digging the hole. So now we'll try and get out of the hole. Okay, we're going to read a cool verse. So um, a lady came into the cafe the other day. So heaps of times when the cafe's busy, I jump up and help serve and get lost in the till and get myself all confused and stuff. Um, and often they'll take be running food to tables, and heaps of times people want to read my tattoos, which is really cool because they're all Bible verses. And this super lovely lady um, came up. Sometimes they're Christians, and they read them, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that is such a great verse, and we have cool chats. Other times they're not Christians, and they're like, what the heck? And this was one of the, what the heck, people. So this lady read this one, which is one of my favorites. It says, I'm a slave of what I choose to obey. So good. So good? Romans. Anyway, so she read that one. She was like, whoa, that is really deep. And then she was like, ooh, ooh, I want to read this one. And I was like, wah, because this one's (laughs) real heavy. And so this is the, the next one that she read here. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we would be made right with God through Christ. And she was reading that, and she just goes, Whoa you're really religious, <laughs> and I went, no, 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 I'm not religious, but I just think God is also, awesome. and she was already like, whoa, freaking out, and kind of boosted off out of the cafe, with her coffee and her muffins, so it was okay, we made a sale, thank you. <laughs> all right, so what I want to do, <laughs> um, I've done this before, but I just want to act out this verse, right, so Jackson, you can help me out, eh? you're all good, do you mind coming up, bro, Is all good, and Malachi, I thought, seeing you've done the reading, you're ready to go, do you want to bring your Bible, that's even better, yes, bring your Bible, bro, cool, Okay. So we're going to act out this verse, and we're going to change it to imagine, because remember I'm saying if Jesus is born of a human, then he is born in sin. So what would this verse look like if Jesus is born as a normal person and he's got sin in his life? How would this verse go out? So if you hold these, these are many lollies that you're not allowed to eat because I stole them from the giving tree, and they represent your sin. And I know if I asked like Bex, who's sitting there, she'd be like, we need about 50 boxes because there's some serious sin. Can I hear an amen? Oh, I thought you'd be like, no, don't say that. We love you, bro. We know you've only like done one or two. Stop looking at me like that. It's freaking me <laughs> out. All right, so Jackson and this will be Jackson. And um, Malachi, believe it or not, will be Jesus, which I know his parents are like, what is happening? right? Um, so if we read the story, and I'm God, which I know is really hard to understand, but it's okay. <laughs> so this is how it goes. For God made Christ. Now, if we change it to he sinned, it just stops. <laughs> For God made Christ who sinned, who was born a sinner. Like, end. Because <laughs> he can't do anything for Jackson because he's got his own sin. So he would die on the cross for his own sin. You with me, eh? Yeah. But, and I'll explain why in a minute, that's not what the verse says, So let me act out the verse real quick because I just love this verse. For God made Christ who never sinned. And we all just go, oh my gosh, thank you, God. I'm so glad you figured out how to have Jesus born without a sin nature because otherwise we're all stuffed. Who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. And so what this means is that Jesus, and you guys know this, when he died on the cross, he literally paid for all of Jackson's sins, all of your sins, right? The sins of the world together. So I'm going to give you Jackson's sin. Awesome. See how nice that is. You took his sin. You're the man, Jesus. Shut up, bro. And Malachi. So now Jackson is sinless. yoo But that's not enough, right? Because you can't just be without sin to be in the presence of God. You have to be holy and righteous and pure and good, which is the second part of the verse. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. I love that, eh? So that we could be made right or pure or holy, clean, beautiful, as God Himself is. At that same level. It's not a minimal not down, it's the same level. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so excited. So let this Bible represents Oh bro, sorry. So Malachi's Bible is gonna represent all that's good and perfect and pure and righteous about God, right? So you give that to Jackson. Shot. That's so what it says, right? So we can be made right with God. So now when God looks at Jackson, he knows he still sins, right? We all sin. God knows that. But all of Jackson's sins, past, present, future, have been removed, right? Because now he's been made right with God. It, it, he's got the purity, the, the goodness, the perfection of God himself. I'm like, Psh. But then we have a problem because you've still got the sin of the world. <laughs> but you're not only born human, you're also born fully God. So that means you can pay for the sin of the world. So maybe just put the lollies back in there where I still am from. <laughs> And you're back. And now, to make the illustration perfect, he should still also be holding his Bible. Does that make sense? Because it's not like he loses his rations. Anyway, thanks, guys. Great. Have a seat. Cleveland. <laughs> that was good, lads. All right. It makes sense, right? But we've still got the problem. How does Jesus be born um, without sin? Because every human who is born is born into sin. So let me read this cool verse from First um, Peter. If you've got your. Um, Bible jump over there because this is just such a great verse and it's just I wanted I know we all go yeah we know who was born without sin duh. but I thought ah it's good to just read um, a verse that, that says this Though so, last time I checked I thought the Bible was pretty cool so I thought it's good to read so this is talking about Jesus right he never sinned he never deceived anyone interesting that there's a distinction there but it's cool he did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds we're healed. I love this little ending, eh? Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you've turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Mm, I just love that, eh? So our problem is, how do we get from Psalm 51 and Romans 5 that Every human that is born, even before they pop out, are sinners. So Jesus being born sinless. And this is just the craziest answer ever. So here's the verse that um, I was reading before. Thanks, Jordan. This is from Luke 1. This is what Malachi read before. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. So the answer to this, to how this happens, is simply God decreed it. <laughs> it's really funny reading this verse. So there's a lot of verses in the Bible that are really, really controversial, really, really hard to understand. And I have big books at home that explain, and they would be three views on this and eight views on this and blah, blah, blah. And this is the right view and blah, 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 blah. And so I was reading a bunch of these big books, and every single one of them just goes, "We don't understand." <laughs> Like, no one has any idea what this means. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit will come upon you? He's spirit. There's nothing material going on. What does it mean that the power of the, over, of the Most High will overshadow you? So we have no idea what this means. It's just this most amazing <laughs> miracle um, that God does so that when Jesus is born, he is born holy. See, it says that, eh? So the baby will be born holy. Um, I don't know, I I spent a lot of time this week just sitting with this reality and just going, man, apart from our salvation on the cross, this has to be the most amazing miracle in the Bible. Jesus walks on water. Jesus feeds 5,000, which is really 20, 25,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and some fish. Um, Jesus raises the dead. I mean, those are like ones. But the fact that in some way God stopped the natural course of what he had decreed, that when a person is born, they are born into sin he stopped that in some way by the Holy Spirit being a part of this so that we could be saved it just makes me kind of go whoa um, so Wayne Grudem who's one of my favorite theologians he sees it like this this is real simple to understand he says the Holy Spirit and Mary must have prevented not only the transmission of sin from Joseph for Jesus had no human father but also in a miraculous way the transmission of sin from Mary and then he just quotes that verse the Holy Spirit will come upon you therefore the child to be born will be called holy um, some people go, oh, no, 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 it's because the sin nature is only handed down through the Father. And because Jesus has no earthly father, there's no sin. And it's like, the Bible never says that, ever. <laughs> some people say, oh, it's because you need two parents to transfer on the sin nature. It's like, what? The Bible never, never says that. It's just this, like, phenomenal miracle that God does because he loves us. <laughs> I don't know, it just blows my mind, eh? It really blows my mind. Um... Virgins not only don't, they can't give birth. (laughs) It's impossible, right? (laughs) But yet because of the wisdom and the love of God, knowing Jesus needed to be fully God and fully human, like I've explained, but sinless, (laughs) he does this incredible miracle because of his love for us, his desire to save us. It just blows my mind, right? Here's my last little bit, this little thing i was thinking about this week the extent that god went to to enable a relationship between him and you is literally miraculous (laughs) it's literally mind-blowing you are so valuable to god that he performed the most incredible miracle that totally defies human logic to make this happen (laughs) the virgin birth is probably the most argued about theological concept in the history of the church Ever since the 200s, people have just written and argued and argued and argued on this because it just does not make sense, right? The love of God for us just blows my mind. So here's my little final challenge or encouragement, right? I think a lot of us have read this story 50 times, 1,000 times, right? And we're like, eh, whatever. What I'd love to ask you to do is sometime over the summer break, and I know some of you get like, (laughs) really don't get much time off because you are working retail or it's just a crazy time, but I'd love to encourage you, just sometime over the next you know, Christmas, New Year's period, just set aside some time to read the whole Christmas story in one sitting. That doesn't even take 20 minutes. It's real easy. But what I'd love to ask you to do is two things as you read it. One, if you come across any bits that you're like, I don't understand this, just make a little note and then get hold of me or Joe, one of the elders, um, any of the, the staff or something, and say, can we just talk about this? Don't just be like, I don't get it and carry on. Just stop and write a note. I need to understand this. The other thing i love to, to ask you to do is as you read the Christmas story, any bits you get to that make you go, oh my gosh, just pause. <laughs> it's not a rush. You don't get points for getting through the Christmas story in 15 minutes. Craig said it was 20. I did it in 10. You know, it's like, just pause. Read that verse a few more times. Read it in a different translation. And just sit quietly and say to God, God, I want to understand this more. This is Incredible. <laughs> What does it mean that you overshadowed Mary? The power, what does that mean, God? Mm. All right, let me pray. Let me pray for us. Yeah, kura atua. Um, and I, love, <laughs> I just love, I say this really respectfully, God, but I just love how wild you are. Like, what a crazy theory. I mean, you're God, you can do literally anything you want, but yet, yeah, let's have a virgin <laughs> give birth to Jesus, which we know is going to cause complete chaos and arguments in the Christian church forever. That, that is the only way. Um, dear Jesus, thank you for your incredible humility, eh? Um, that you grew as a human, even though you are the creator of the universe. That you were born into absolute poverty in an occupied land by very evil people, God. Um, like we're talking about, it, it enables us to know that you really do get us. Um, you really do get us, God there's, there's nothing we go through that you're like, "Ah, uh, I
1: don 't know what that's like.
0: Good luck. Um, everything we go through, you really understand not just academically but experientially, which is just wild. Yeah. You know I pray as we continue reading over the Christmas story and <coughs> continue chewing on it and meditating on it. Can you just really speak to us, God? We know you're a God that loves to speak to us. I so pray that afresh and new. There'll be verses or phrases or sentences words that just jump out that were like oh my gosh i've i've missed this i need to chew on this this is god speaking to me this is the creator of the universe speaking to me through his word because he loves me he performs miracles to show me how much he loves me and cares me Yeah. yeah i pray this in the name of jesus son of god amen